Hey, you're listening to the Love Fiercely podcast. My name is Keila Craft Ambrose. This is a place to grow, be inspired, and to go deeper in the things of God. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, everybody. I'm here today with my husband, Cole. Hi, everybody. And we're going to talk about what love means to you. So I was going to start off by reading a few famous movie quotes, because if you're not getting what love means to you from the Bible, you're probably getting it from romantic comedies or love songs. So we're going to talk today about what some people say in the world that love means and what God says about what love means and what we think that love means. Yeah, and just just a disclaimer, we're not like love experts or marriage experts, but this is just our take and from our experience, so we hope you enjoy it. Yep. So, some of you have maybe seen these movies, some of you haven't, but in As Good As It Gets, one of the quotes that's famous is, you make me want to be a better man. I think love does make you want to be better. Yeah, I mean, I think love is, you know, your dad says all the time that in marriage, your spouse is... Uh, the person that can either make the biggest impact on your life uh, or it can work in, in the negative. And so I just think that if you allow your spouse to help grow you and to help guide you, and especially from a, from a man's standpoint, you know, the Bible says, you know, that God created woman as a helpmate. So if you allow your wife to be your helpmate, you're going to be far better off than if you uh, try to close that out. Well, I worked in that quote well. Just kidding. Okay. The next one is in Moulin Rouge. They say, the greatest thing you'll ever learn is just to love and be loved in return. And I think that, you know, while some of these are, you know, obviously from romantic comedies, they have some truth to them. So it's kind of good. But I think sometimes for me, I make it difficult for you to love me. Um, And I make it difficult for myself to receive love at times because of either the way I feel about myself or the way that I feel that I've acted. And I think it's really important, first of all, not only to let yourself be loved by your spouse, your significant other, but by God, because I think a lot of times in my life, I've blocked that off. And to me, one of the things that love is, is it means being open um, and it means being vulnerable and intimate. And that takes courage and it takes strength because, um, I think when you're fearful, you're closed off and you can't receive or give love. Yeah, I think for me with love, I think that's obviously our greatest desire is to be loved by somebody else. And I think a lot of what the world says is that, you know, if the person doesn't love you back, you shouldn't give them love in return. And I just think that that's a backwards way of thinking because at the end of the day, you don't have control over if that person is going to choose to love you. Um, or not because uh, maybe on some days you're not your best and on that specific day they may not feel love towards you and I think that's why it's important to understand that love is a choice so that on any given day if that person's their best or they're not their best uh, you're making the choice to love them regardless of what they choose to do uh, to you. But it's important to not just love people if it's not the right thing because you can love someone all day but if it's not God's best for you or if it's not the right thing and there's not like a covenant, you don't have to stay in it. And you shouldn't if they don't love you back. Yeah, I mean, I, I, so I'll <laughs> clarify what I was saying was more in the context of marriage. 
So outside of the context of marriage, you not absolutely not everybody's married. You have you, you have the freedom to choose what you want, and if if whatever you're choosing in this specific season of your life, if they're not your spouse, then you don't you're not obligated to choose to love that person. You can decide to move on, um, choose somebody else. But you can love them from a Christian standpoint. Like of course, you can always love them from but a not distance, like so. waste your life with that person. Right. So time is valuable. Okay. Another one is from 51st Dates, and I think this is something that's really true um, that you feel, you know, whenever you do find that significant other, is they say, I love you very much, probably more than anybody could love another person. I think, you know, in your own love story, you feel like, this is the greatest love story, you know, I want to have the greatest love story, and how has anybody ever felt how I feel about you? And it's funny when you see other people... (laughs) that are in love because it's a natural tendency to be like, well, they don't love each other like we love each other. Yeah, I definitely think that it's with social media and seeing things online and people posting and um, you just really don't know what's truly happening behind the scenes. And it could be amazing love. It could be uh, dysfunctional love. But ultimately, you're going to see your situation and your story as the best and you should. And uh, because if you're not seeing it that way, then you probably shouldn't have married that person. Or don't marry that person if you haven't married them yet. Right. Because you should feel like it's the greatest love of your life and that it's a gift from God. Um, And if you don't have that, don't settle. So the next thing is... um, (laughs) And when Harry met Sally, he says... I love that you get cold when it's 71 degrees outside. I love that it takes you an hour and a half to order a sandwich. I love that you get a little crinkle above your nose when you're looking at me like I'm crazy. I love that after I spend the day with you, I can still smell your perfume on my clothes. And I love that you are the last person I want to talk to before I go to sleep at night. And it's not because I'm lonely and it's not because it's New Year's Eve. I came here tonight because when you realize you want to spend the rest of your life with somebody, you want the rest of your life to start as soon as possible. So I think that that's really cute because... You know, for me and Cole, our story is really different, and it's definitely not something that's like a model for people because it's so weird how it happened. Um, you know, I had gone through a season, and he had gone through a season where we were with somebody, and I was married, and he was dating somebody, and then those boats didn't work out, and we were living our life and following God and in a healthy place, and we met each other. And we kind of had this instantaneous knowing that we were the one for each other. And Cole says he knew before I did, but I had never talked to him. (laughs) So I wouldn't have known, even though my sister persistently told me that he was my husband from afar. Um, But I think it's interesting because, you know, there's little quirks and there's little things that you notice about that other person um, or about people in general or that you think you, you want. Like I hear a lot of girls say that they have a list and I used to have a list, and I think that a list is good up front because you know what you want and what you value, but ultimately, I think it's important to understand that um, what is on your list should be like non-negotiables and then also desires, and really filter through if those are healthy, <laughs> because you know I have some friends that they're like, 
they, just some of their expectations are really unreasonable. I'm not saying God doesn't fulfill unreasonable desires, but I think that God can introduce you to somebody and bring somebody in your life. And if you're like, well, they don't meet number 14, it's not it. They might have that inside of them or in their future, but it might not be present yet. And I think, thank God, sometimes men don't hold us accountable to their lists the same way because what God can do in somebody and how he can work in somebody is far greater than your piece of paper. And so I think it's important to know what you value and don't settle, like never settle, never justify why you should be with somebody or if you're lonely, just being with whoever. But I think it's important to be realistic about your list and about what you value and not just write people off. Um, because I think that in that sense, you kind of diminish what God's able to do and what he's giving you and you're judging it instead of like just receiving from it and understanding that God can bring you something that maybe you don't understand yet. And that's why I think it's important to submit to him, to seek him for wise counsel and all those other things. Yeah, I think a list is important because you should know what you want. And I think if you don't know what you want, then it's going to be very difficult to decipher uh, when you do meet somebody, if that person aligns with uh, your core values, the things that you uh, see or desire in a future spouse. And so for me, um, I didn't have it all together. I still don't have it all together. I'm still learning to grow as a man, as a husband. Uh, but one of the things that gave me confidence is that I knew who I was and I knew what I wanted. And so um, I think, you know, you said it perfectly that not holding somebody to your entire list, because the truth is, and this is maybe pretty blunt and straightforward, but, um, you know, the other person is not going to see you the same way either. So they're going to have, uh, you know, there's going to there be some things about you that they don't um, maybe necessarily like or they may not have put that on their list or they may not have chosen for that to be a characteristic of who you are. Um, but I think what's most important is that the overarching message is making sure that that person fulfills at least the majority of what you want, um, because none of us are perfect and we all are going to fall short. Uh, on certain days. And I just think it's important to focus on the positives and focus on the things that that person does well, the the greatness of who they are, rather than focusing on um, how they don't fold a towel properly or how they uh, chew loud or just <laughs> things that, that may annoy you and not focusing and honing in on those specific things. Because the truth is they have those things about you as well. So I think if you can, you know, be empathetic towards that, then, um, then it really helps you to give grace. Yeah, so, but also don't settle. <laughs> so, and you've got male, um, Kathleen Kelly in the movie, she says, I wanted it to be you, I wanted it to be you so badly. And I think the interesting thing about that is a lot of us are, are settling in our life and we have settled. I'll even tell you like the first person that I married, there was a lot of things in my life that I knew weren't like fully connected, but like as far as like what we valued. And then there were some things that I didn't know that because they were hiding certain things about them. But even like people that I've dated, like there's been people that I've wanted to date or wanted to be with or I like I like I wanted it to be them so badly that I justified or I made a way for it when it wasn't God's best. And I think it's important to understand that. And it's funny because we're going off these quotes, but it's important to think how we think, how people think in the world, because people that write movies do things according to you know, what's going to draw us in, what's going to make us go, oh, what's going to make us, you know, remember that moment and I, because it relates to our normal life. And I think a lot of us are walking 
around. If you're single today, me and Cole have both been single on Valentine's Day a lot. I'm 30 years old. He's 26. And we both have been in places where we maybe, I don't know, because I'm not a guy, but where on Valentine's Day, on the day of love, we wanted to celebrate with somebody. We wanted to be with somebody and be loved. But what we don't realize though is sometimes on the other end of that desire comes a lot of work. And it comes with a lot of responsibility and a lot of um, desire to mature because really, and we're, I want to do a a later podcast with Cole and talk about some stuff with marriage specifically, but I think it's important for you to realize that marriage and your relationships are going to be a mirror of what's not working inside of you. And I think it's a very dangerous place to be where you force a relationship or you force um, love or you justify something that you know that isn't best. And we always know if it's not best, we just push it away over and over. And we can go through this thought process of, I wanted it to be you. I wanted it to be you so badly. And yeah, it could work out in the rom-coms, but like in our life, like that's going to do nothing but mess us up. And obviously there's going to be things you don't know, just like in my situation that maybe come out that don't go well with the relationship or that ruin the relationship on a level where the person chooses to walk away. But what I've found is whenever someone can walk away from you, they should. So you might have wanted it to work out, but when God allows that person to be removed from your life, that means that he just gave you the opportunity to be upgraded. And that's what I found in my life with Cole is that I would have never been able to meet Cole on the level that I know him now. I wouldn't have ever been able to be in a relationship with Cole if that person that I was with hadn't walked away from me. And back then, I wanted it I wanted it to work out. I wanted to have a healthy marriage. I didn't want to give up. But at the same time, I told God, I trust you with this. And I think that that's one of the things I'm the most grateful for is that he took that relationship away from me because now I'm in a relationship and in a marriage and living life with a man that I never want to live without. And it's amazing because it's such an upgrade from what I even knew, how I see Cole, how I am attracted to him, how I feel about him. And like what I see for our life and our legacy together is on a whole different playing ground. So like for me, I just, I want to encourage you today. Like if you've had that feeling of like regret or maybe you messed up in a relationship or you walked away or the other person walked away, just know it's natural to have that desire of like, I wanted it to be you or I thought it could be us. But if you stay in that place, you'll never get what God has for you next. You'll just be looking at the regret and looking back and there's nothing for you that's in your past. There's nothing for you that's in your past that God's delivered you from and that God's allowed to be taken out of your life because if God's taken them out of your life, he knows that they can't go into your next season or to your next level with you. So I would just tell you, lay that down and trust him with that. And today, especially on Valentine's Day, instead of thinking about that person like that was in the past, why don't we start praying for and thinking about that person that God has for us in the future? Because that's going to be so much greater and so much bigger and so much more amazing than anything you could have ever imagined. Yeah, I think in life, if you're trying to justify anything, and obviously we're talking about this in the context of relationships and love, but if you're trying to justify anything, it's it's not the right decision. And I think it's very easy to justify stuff in our life, whether it's you're at a grocery store and you see candy at the cash register and you justify that you deserve that or you're with a person that doesn't treat you right and there might be some things about them that you like, but the majority of it is negative, but you're going to hold on to the positive stuff and justify it because you maybe feel like you won't find anybody else or nobody else will choose to love you. So um, for me, you know, I never really... And this is truthful in my life. I never was like hoping somebody would be 
the one. I mean, I wanted to meet the person that I was going to marry, but I never tried to justify people um, that I decided to date or what, what have you. So, <laughs> and I'm not saying that to to put myself above on any level. I'm just saying for me because I knew so, so much of what I wanted. Um, if that person didn't align with what I wanted, I wasn't really interested in furthering it. So, um, you know, and I, that doesn't mean I didn't make mistakes. I totally did. And I learned from those, but I just think ultimately what you said is, is perfect. Is that just not justifying? Because if you're justifying the odds are you're probably not making the right decision or the best decision. And I think that's, what's important. It's not just about making the right decision. It's about making the best and what God's best is for you. Yeah, and the Bible clearly talks about not throwing pearls before swine. And if you know that someone in your past is not good for you, or they haven't treated you right, and you aren't married, like I just want to remind you of that, that you're valuable, whether you're a guy or a girl listening to this. You're valuable, and God created you for greatness, and he would never have something for you that was less than his best. So don't return to something that is not God's best because what you're doing is you're cheapening your value and you're settling. So that's all we want to say about that. And I wanted to to lead some of this back to what the Bible says. And obviously we know like the most famous scripture in Corinthians 13, and I'll go through some of that. But I wanted to talk about just a few things really quick because really the truth is, is that, you know, in Romans 13, 8, it says, oh, no one, anything except to love each other for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. And I think, you know, in the Bible, it also says that the, that, that God is love and that if you don't love, you don't know God. And I think, you know, what love is to me is that it really is God. Like love is who God wants us to operate like, like he wants us to be like him. He wants us to talk like him. He wants us to treat other people like he would. And, you know, I was talking to a group of people yesterday and I was just saying a lot of times we see life how we are not how it actually is. So Valentine's Day, you know, became SAD, which is Single Awareness Day, or Galentine's because the single girls want to get together, which I think is great and wonderful. And I'm all for, you know, spreading the love and having fun with your girls if you're not dating somebody. But the truth about, even I think about about this day, is that it shouldn't just be about, do I have a significant other or not? And not to get like over-spiritualized with this, but like the truth is that the the historical references that lead back to this day have nothing to do with a romantic holiday. It has to do with sacrifice and it has to do with a terrible event that happened with St. Valentine. So like for me, I think it's really important that we realize that today is just a reminder to love yourself, to love other people, to love God and to love the people around you and appreciate them. And if the greatest law we have is to love God, love ourselves and love one another, it's pretty easy to know if you're on track or you're off track. And it says that you don't owe anybody anything except to love them. So that doesn't mean that you have to accept everything they do. That doesn't even mean you have to be in direct relationship with them. That just means that you have to love them and see them from a perspective of how God sees them. And for me, that's been pretty difficult at times because it's hard when someone's hurt you or when there's a negative situation to look at somebody and go, oh, I love them. Like most of the time you want to talk bad about them or bring up the bad things because it makes you feel better. But I think one of the things I've been working on in my life is for people that have hurt me, for people that have wronged me, for people that have are not lovely in my life, instead of seeing them from Keila's perspective, 
trying to look at them from God's perspective as a son or a daughter of God, whether it's your parents, people that abused you, former spouses, current spouses, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a friend, whatever it is, a sibling, like instead of looking at them from how you've known them in the past, what they've proven to you, look at them how God sees them. And it will help you not only believe the best for them, but it will help you operate in a state of love with them that you weren't capable of on your own. You know, the Bible says that God's ways are higher and his thoughts are higher. And so he's always calling us up. He's always calling us to a new place. And if you take your thinking and you try to take it up with God's thinking, it's not gonna work very well. But if you choose to take ownership and take on how God thinks instead of how you think, because what I do a lot is I'll say, well, God, I know you love them, but they've done this, this, and this to me. And so I'm not I'm not cool with them. Like, I don't like these people. But that's that's actually putting my thought as a competing thought against God's truth. So if God made that person just like he made you, if he's made these people that he's put you around in your in your job, whether it's your boss, whatever, he made that person. He actually gave them to you in this season to be in your life or in the past to be in your life. And instead of looking at it as something that was harmful or a loss, what if we looked at it as something that grew us, that gave us the opportunity to mature us, that we don't owe them anything, but we are required by God and he asks us to love him first and understand his love so that we can love other people and love ourselves. And I think it's just super important today to understand that it really is your perspective and your perception that controls your day. It controls your actions. It controls what you can receive in life. Because if your perception is everyone's always going to leave me and hurt me, you're not going to really be open to receive love. You're not going to be open to give love. And you know, that's something that I've dealt with even you know when me and Cole were first started talking was in my mind thinking okay he's not going to cheat on me like my other husband did he's not going to leave me like my other husband did he's not going to speak to me the way my other husband did or do this or do that and you have to sometimes filter through that stuff but if you want to start with a clean slate if you want to have a different kind of valentines day or just in general 2019 my challenge to you is Change your perception and change your perspective and all of a sudden your outcomes are going to change because really what you see is what you're going to get. So if you're seeing good and if you're if you're looking for good, you're going to find good. If you're looking for negative and you're living in a negative way, that's what you're going to find in your life. So Yeah, and I think this whole conversation's been obviously about people and relationship. So if you're not in a relationship, I would just say that don't spend this time focusing on when that person is going to come into your life. You know, for me, I was single for seven years. And for my for my process, I spent so much time working on myself and, and reading books and going to seminars and trying to put myself around people that thought higher, that thought better than I did to, to push and, and help me strive to be the best version of me that God created. And, uh, and so I just encourage you out there, if you are listening to this and you don't have a significant other, whether that's a husband or a wife or a boyfriend or a girlfriend, I just think it's important that you really focus and hone in on um, striving to be your very best. Uh, because ultimately, you're going to attract exactly where you are. And so if you're not in a place where you're maybe happy with where you're at, you feel like you can be a better version of yourself. And I know that we always can think that way. But just but just knowing that um, if you have an expectation of that person to come into your life to be 
on a far higher level or a different playing field than you are, the odds of that happening are rare because you're going to attract who you are and where you are in life. And so I just really encourage you uh, to just focus on that in this season. And you'll be surprised that, you know, I don't know the time frame for you. Um, If I if I knew it was going to take seven years, um, you know, that would have probably been something difficult for me to swallow at the time. But at the same time, uh, God can do something in a moment. And so he did it with us. Yeah. So, so for me, um, I just, I just say to you guys that just really do what, what you feel is the best thing that you can do each day to help you, um, achieve and become the person that God's called you to be. And you'll be very surprised that, uh, the person that God's created for you to be will actually come sooner than you really think. You know, what's funny is, um, I've had a lot of people talk to me and they've said things like, why do I keep attracting this kind of person? Why do I keep you know, having guys that cheat on me, or why do I keep attracting this type of woman, whatever. And it really is true. You attract where you're at. So if you're full of hurt, you're going to attract hurt. If you're healthy, you're going to attract healthy. Um, it's just really weird. It, it's a, it's a real thing that happens in life. So if you've been dating or been with, or had friends that are the same types of people, instead of getting mad at those people, we need to look at ourselves and we need to develop ourselves. And there's a lot of things inside of me that, you know, I want to develop and I want to change based on what I attract and what I um, allow have allowed in my life before. But I think it's really interesting, you know, because in First Corinthians 13, it says, if I have the gift of prophecy and I can fathom all the mysteries and the knowledge, and if I have faith and I can move mountains, but I don't have love, I'm nothing. And what love is to me is it's the most important thing. And if I don't have love, I mean, like, the Bible is telling us this. If you don't have love, you can have all the superpowers in the world. You can have all the insight in the world. But if you don't like develop your relationship with God, like one of the things that I did in college was, you know, ever since I was little, I was growing up and I was obsessed with the word love. I loved love songs. I loved romantic comedies. I loved romantic movies. I loved anything that had to do with love. Okay. I like know by heart the pride and prejudice quote, you have bewitched me body and soul and I love love. I love you. And I wish to never be parted from you from this day forward. I'm just telling you, Mr. Darcy is the freaking ish. But like, I've loved love my whole life. And one of the things that happened in college, I actually spent a little over six years single as well before I got married the first time. And then after that, it was like two and a half before me and Cole. And um, so I've been single a lot of different seasons in my life. But one of the things God spoke to me is he said, I was in my dorm room and all my friends on my hall that I lived on in my dorm, they were all either dating somebody engaged or being pursued by men. And I wasn't. And I thought to myself, you know what? Am I like super ugly or super weird? Like, what's the deal with that? And I was just talking to God and he told me, how are you going to ever love somebody else if you don't understand my love? And I was kind of thrown off by that because I was like, that has nothing to do with a romantic relationship, but it does. Like, how could you be a good wife? How could you be a good girlfriend? How could you be a good friend if you don't understand love from the person who is love, the originator of love? Like, if you don't understand it from his perspective, you're not going to be able to get a good like understanding of it for the rest of your life. And so for me, what God, I feel like he spoke to me in that season was, when your friends are out with their boyfriends, when you would normally want to be on a date, when you would want to be hanging out with people, spend time with me, 
this sounds really weird, but like date me, get to know me, get to know my version of love and what love really is. And whenever you do that, you'll be able to give love and receive love on a whole other level. So that's what I did. I I just spent time with God. I, I spent time writing songs. I spent time talking to God. And I was able to understand a love that I never knew before. And, you know, I think a lot of us in life, we want to do great things. We want to have great things and we want to have great relationships. But if you're not becoming a great person, you'll never have those things. And so many of us, our motivation for developing and growing and focusing on God is to get that person or to have that 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 relationship. And that's not what it's for. The whole reason why God wants to love you is because he wants to love you. It has nothing to do with somebody else. The person that you get to be with on earth is just a bonus. And you can think that I'm saying that because I'm married, but me and Cole have only been married a little over a year and a half. And I felt that way since that time in college is that anybody else that's added to my life is just a bonus. They're, they're a blessing and they're a gift from God on top of my love and my relationship with God. Because if you don't have that, none of the rest of it matters. So to me, one of the other things that love is, is knowing God. Because if you don't know God, you will not know love and you will not be able to give love, receive love or have real love in your life. And it's so important that we understand that because we think of love as goosebumps or butterflies or tingles or how someone made you feel or what they did for you or, oh, you made me feel so loved. And love goes way beyond that. You know, one of the things... um that 1 Corinthians 13 says is, and we've all heard this scripture, and I know that you're going to probably like glaze over here for a second, but don't because I'm going to change your thought process on this scripture. You know, in 1 Corinthians 3, 4 through 5, or 13, 4 through 5, it says, love is patient, love is kind, love does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, and it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs, and it keeps going over and over again with tons of other stuff. But I don't want to go into all of that, so let me just replace some of your thought processes with this. Okay, so if God is those things to us, because God is patient, God is kind, God does not envy, he does not boast, he is not proud, he does not dishonor others, God is not self-seeking, he is not easily angered, and he keeps no record of wrongs, then we should be able to take this scripture and put our name in there. That should be our desire, is to be like God in the sense that if God is love, then I want to be more loving. I want to be more like God. So if love is patient, then Keila is patient. If love is kind, then Keila is kind. If it does not envy, then Keila does not envy. If it does not boast, then Keila does not boast. If love is not proud, then I am not proud. If it does not dishonor others, if it is not self-seeking, if it's not easily angered, if it keeps no record of wrongs, then I should be able to put my name before all of those things. And that's what I should be striving on. That's what I should be focusing on. Because in 1 Corinthians 16, 14, it says, do everything in love. And what I can tell you is I have not reached that mark yet. Have you call? No. And I think that it's a constant process in our life to be able to strive to be more loving, to be more like God. And you know, in Proverbs 3, 3 through 4, it says, let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will find favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. So whenever I think of that visual, I think of it needs to be attached to you. It needs to be a part of you. It doesn't need to just be around you. It has to be who you are. And I don't think that it's always who I am. And I think that that's something that I want to be more 
more purposeful and take more action on in my life is not just, and you could be a guy listening to this even because girls are cool with it, but like you could be a guy listening to this and you could think that love means emotional. It doesn't mean being emotional. So let me give you a guy's perspective on what love would look like because it's not just, oh, I feel all these things and oh, all these butterflies. Like love is a rugged and hard road that we have to take, but it's worth it. So this whole conversation, we're talking about what live, what love means to us. So what love means to me in one word is sacrifice. So if I look at the picture of God and Jesus, he sent his only son uh, to be sacrificed, not even knowing that we would choose him back. And to me, I think that's a perfect picture of marriage because, um, it no longer is about you. So when you choose that person and you make a covenant with God and you become one, it's not, there's a purpose in God saying that. It's not just Keela or Cole or you and your spouse. It's that we're one. And so the only way to become one, and you know, Pastor Keith talks about this. He says that, that marriage is two funerals and a resurrection. And so basically my interpretation of that is um, it's, it's sacrifice. I'm sacrificing um, the things that I may desire or want uh, for, for me personally, but I'm also giving the greatest thing that I can give, which is love to another person and loving them the way they need to be loved, not what I think they should be loved as. And so for me, that's, that's the biggest takeaway from, from what love is to me. And lo- love is a lot of things to me, but in one word, to me, that sums it up because um, if, if you're choosing to see your marriage, see your relationship through what you want and what it can do for you, you've already lost the game. And I don't mean game as in that love is a game, but I'm saying that uh, you have to see through a lens of what can I do for this person? How can I be better for this person? And how can I love this person the way they need to be loved? How can I serve this person the way they need to be served? And I think if you do that, you don't have time to focus on the needs that you have and know that God will always meet your needs, even if that other person doesn't. And so when you get into a place like that, you build a confidence in yourself and in your marriage and in your love. And I just think it's very important to see your relationship that way because you're not always going to get what you want. You may on some days from your spouse be loved the way you need to be loved. They may do the things you want them to do. But at the end of the day, those are just cherries on, on the top of the cake or the Sunday because it's not, it's not an expectation you should have because at the end of the day, you can only choose to be the very best you and you have zero control over what that other person chooses to do. And so I just see love as a sacrifice and as the greatest sacrifice, not a sacrifice in a negative way because God doesn't see Jesus in a negative light that it was a negative sacrifice. And I think it's just so powerful because, I mean... If, if you can view your spouse as somebody that you're going to choose to love full, full and, and wholeheartedly, knowing they may never love you back, I just think that that's a powerful thing. So, And I think, that, I think that that's something too that, you know, for those of you that are single or that have been married before um, or that, you know, you're wanting to get married or maybe you're in the process of getting married, <laughs> it's an important thing to realize because, you know, you can get so caught up in the wedding or you can get so caught up in, you know, posting making sure that things look right or whatever. And you can lose sight of what the whole purpose of this is. Really, you know, for those of you that don't know who Pastor Keith is, that's my dad. I reference him a lot on this podcast. But um, 
like for those of you that are that are in that season or want to be in that season, it's very important to realize that God is giving us an example with Jesus of how we should operate with others, not just our spouse, but with all other people is that, you know, that we lay down our life, we lay down our ambitions, we lay down what we want in that moment. And we do what God would do. We do what God did do with Jesus. And it's to do something that is not selfish. And I think that's really the basis of where we disconnect with with God in love is love cannot be selfish and be love at the same time. It cannot be judgmental and be love at the same time. You can't be like, oh, I love you, girl, but you're stupid. Or, oh, I love you, girl, but um, I'm going to talk bad about you behind your back. Or, yeah, I love my husband, but then you tell your friends how much of an idiot he is. That is not love. That is not sacrifice. That is not putting someone before yourself. And that is definitely not how God would operate. God sees the best and believes the best, no matter what. Even if we don't choose him back, he still loves us. And so... That's what we're striving for. That's what we should be striving for in our life is whether or not you ever get married, maybe God has a greater calling for you than to just be someone's wife or someone's husband. Maybe he has a greater calling in this season. Maybe he knows what's inside of you right now that he's waiting to develop so that you can get the type of person that he's put in your heart. Because maybe where you're at right now could not sustain the type of relationship that God has for you. So instead of getting frustrated with God or upset with God or pointing the finger, which is really easy to do, why don't we look at ourselves internally and, and really make decisions and make observations and go, am I living a life of love? Because love is not just ooey gooey emotion feelings that's just good all the time love is like cole said a sacrifice love is a choice and love never fails so how does love never fail when other people fail us well we put the power of god in place of our own strength we need god's help when people are dumb when people reject you when people are rude when people don't treat you right when people are abusive how can you still love them with a perfect love that never fails You need God's power. You need God's help. And if you never practice that in your own singleness, you will not have that in any togetherness with anybody. You know, one of the things my mom told me growing up is you're going to be married longer than you're ever single. And that's going to be true for most of us that listen to this podcast. You're going to live most of your life with somebody than you will ever live on your own. And for those of you that live on your own, you don't have to deal with as much issues as the rest of us because all you have to deal with is yourself and God and the people that you encounter. But like, I think in our life, we're so focused on what we can get and what we want. And we miss the whole point that love is about sacrifice. Love is about laying down. Love is about not being selfish. And I know for me, that's something I'm hugely working on. And I've been working on my whole life is not being selfish. I am freaking selfish. If I look at what I want or what I want to do over what I can do for somebody else, that's selfishness. And I do that a lot because it feels good and it's natural to me. So I think something that's just really important is that, you know, in First John four sixteen, and I'll leave you with this, it says, and so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. So if you're living in love, 
then there's no way that God's power, his anointing, his authority is not going to be present in your life, that it's not going to be working in your life. And if you rely on the love of God, not on the love of other people, not on even your love, but on the strength and the love of God and the power of God, then you're going to be able to live in that love and God's going to be able to work through you. I think a lot of times what we don't realize is we're waiting on God, but God's waiting on us. He's waiting on us to get it. He's waiting on us to grow. He's waiting on us to receive. He's waiting on us to get into a place where he can bless us. And what I'll tell you is if you have a desire in your heart to be with somebody, God knows that. And you don't have to try to take back that desire from God. You don't have to try to make it happen on your own. And when you do that, you're going to miss out on God's best. But if you rest and trust God and know that he's developing you, that he's restructuring your life, that he's taking you to a place that you've never been, then you don't have to be anxious. You don't have to be fearful. You can just trust God and knowing that he put those desires in your heart. So why would you have to worry about them? He's the one that put them there. So he wants to make those things happen. But it's way less about what you want to happen and way more about what God wants to happen in the kingdom and what God wants to do through your life. And if you're thinking about it in terms of, well, this is what I want. This is the kind of guy or this is the kind of girl that I want. This is the kind of friends that I want. Just remember, that's selfish. That's not love. So my challenge to you today is to talk to yourself and talk to God and ask yourself, what is love to you? How have you been operating in that love space in your life? Are there some things you need to repent for? Are there some things you need to lay down? Are there some things that you need to turn away from or turn towards so that you can really operate in this type of love that we've been talking about today? A love that is intimate, a love that is that is deep, that is real, that is personal, that is like God and that is sacrificial. So I hope that that helps you today. I hope that that encourages you. I hope that today you feel loved. If not, you didn't get like some kind of Valentine's. Here's your Valentine's. We love you. Me and Cole love you. God loves you. And we hope that you feel that love today, that you know that love today, that you don't feel like an Americanized holiday is going to make you feel alone because you're never alone. God's always with you and he's for you. And he will bring the right people around your life as you really do Focus on him, learn to develop yourself and trust him with the process because he's going to bring you his best. So don't settle for any less than that. Yeah. So thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate it. And like we said earlier, through all of this, you know, we're in a massive process process ourselves and we're striving to be the very best that we can be each and every day. And so we just hope that, you know, even if there's just one nugget or one piece uh, through all of this that really spoke to you or maybe it's really going to help you. That That's just our goal is we truly just have a heart to help people and we want to share our experience and the things that we think, the things that we struggle with and in hopes that you can relate to that and know that you're not alone and know that uh, God has a great destiny for you and God has great plans for you and you're going to do great things. And so, uh, you know, we just pray that on this, you know, Valentine's Day that like Keila said, you're not going to focus on what you don't have, but you're going to focus on what you do have. And you have the greatest thing in the world, and that's a relationship with God. So um, just know everything from that uh, is, is a byproduct and is just extra. And so um, anyway, we, we just we love you guys, and we hope you enjoyed this this little talk. And you know what, today, if you don't have a relationship with God, all you have to do is say, God, I want a relationship with you. And that opens up the door. So God, we thank you for every single person that's listened to this podcast. We pray that you would speak to them individually and personally and that you would come and that you would be with them, that they would know how loved they are, that their life would feel full, that it wouldn't feel like it's missing something because it's not. And if it is, 
if we do feel that way, God, it's because we're not receiving your love and living in your love at the depth that we should. God, we all have desires and we have dreams and we have hopes, but we know that you know those things because you put those things inside of us. So today we trust you with those. And just like me and Cole have found out in our life, whenever we lay down what we want, when we lay down how we want to do things, that's when your best walks into our life. That's when your your door of wonderfulness is opened up in our life. So God, we trust you today and we love you and we thank you for your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Love Fiercely podcast. I would love for you to subscribe to personally receive weekly encouragement. Also, check out my blog at keelacraftambrose.com for monthly content. Don't forget to follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Keela Craft Ambrose.